Welcome back to the second part of the episode where I continue our exploration of residential real estate investing in India. In the first part, experts Tarun Jain and Mayank Agarwal shared valuable insights into factors influencing real estate investments, effective financial budgeting, and considerations when choosing between under construction and ready to move properties. In case you missed that, then I recommend you have a listen. I'll be waiting right here. Now in the second part, I will delve deeper into the legal aspects of residential real estate investments in India. Understanding and leveraging legal frameworks is crucial to safeguarding our investments. To guide us through this discussion, I have with me a distinguished legal expert, Mr. Ashish Watts, founding partner at KKL Partners. Ashish is a seasoned corporate lawyer with extensive experience in real estate law. Welcome to the show, Ashish. Thank you so much for inviting. Thank you. My pleasure. So, Ashish, what are some key legal considerations we should keep in mind while investing in residential real estate? When you talk about RERA, which is the Real Estate Regulation Act, and that is the law which gives you that sort of comfort and protection, and that's the major change in the legal framework when you talk about real estate. For example, if I am buying an apartment in in a residential complex, I don't know whether that residential complex has the relevant approval, whether someone has actually approved the plans. what the builder is showing me as a unit of a particular size has that size been sanctioned by someone is there is someone who's monitoring that construction what is the timelines which it will take to develop that project what are the consequences if that project is not developed so these are the questions which are now easily answerable based on the information which is provided and all of this information is free of cost all you have to do is that you have to just log into the relevant state rera uh, website look for the relevant project and it'll just give you the entire information in terms of who's the actual owner of the land the person who's developing is he actually the owner of the land or not because most times the developer is not the owner of the land the general perception with someone gets is i see an advertisement on the on on a billboard that ABC project is being developed by this builder. Oh, that means this land is owned by this builder. That means I have that sense of security there. That may not be the case. That developer may not own that land. Maybe that developer has a very small share in the entire built-up area. The background understanding is that the owner of the land is the one who's taking majority of the developed portion, and that developer is only getting a small chunk of the developed portion. and is just been taken on board to advertise or to upscale that project this information is something which you will get to know when you look at the look at rera and these are things which will help a consumer make that right decision whether to buy a project or to not buy a project so if there are defaults which come to the notice of a flat buyer or a unit buyer that owner can go approach the relevant rera authority with a complaint the fees is nominal to file and complain most places there is no fee you can approach the relevant authority submit your claim submit your query the authority is extremely proactive in matters of such nature they call upon the developer they seek explanation from them they make sure that those complaints are redressed in a in a time bound manner after the indian insolvency law came in 2016 there were a lot of developers who went through the insolvency resolution process they became insolvent and then 
there were individual end users who were at the receiving end because the companies got bankrupt you have paid 60 70 80% 90% of the consideration for the unit your unit is not ready the person who has to develop the unit that person has gone bankrupt you don't know where to go so all of these people started running from pillar to post and then supreme court had to intervene and then set the process in place as to how the entire ibc will work how the developer would work what has happened the way all of this has happened is that it has it has helped in rera becoming more proactive because they know that this is the extent to which this issue can go that if we do not address one consumer dispute with the developer right now this can actually escalate to the extent of the developer being bankrupt so if a consumer is coming and telling me that i have paid the money but my unit is not completed i have not been handed over the constructed portion of my property or the developer is charging me more than what was committed or has not delivered to the promises or what the unit provided or the agreement which it provided for certain specifications the unit is not meeting those specifications they know that know that if this issue is not resolved now there can be 10 15 20 hundreds of people who can have similar issues because then the developer would feel that the regulator is not taking an action and he will get a free hand to actually go ahead and do it which is why the regulator has now become more proactive in terms of taking steps and resolving that issue at that very stage so this is the sort of protection which the consumer gets to a large extent thank you ashish also can you explain the nuances of doing due diligence in residential real estate transactions every contract is based on the needs and requirement of that transaction and my advice would be have an expert let that expert understand your requirement of what you are buying understand where you are buying it who's the seller to what extent you can take a leap of faith to what extent you need to have certain provisions which are extremely critical to bind the other person to deliver so for example if i am dealing with a tier 1 developer who comes with an impeccable reputation okay for example everyone knows i am i am happy to put on record dlf why is it that dlf properties are usually sold at a premium in comparison to other properties the reason for that is that dlf has consistently delivered a sense of trust and comfort now if my client is buying a dlf property i can say okay fine if there is a title issue you should not be worried about title as such because they would have done a diligence also a standard indemnity from dlf that the title is free clear and free of encumbrance is sufficient for you to rely upon vis-a-vis a new developer where something of this is not done i would suggest okay why don't you go ahead and look at the documents why don't you ask someone to look at what is provided have has someone verified those documents make sure that the agreement clearly defines in sufficient detail what is your risk and liability what is your responsibility what is the responsibility of the other side you are paying money what is it that they are delivering if it is construction linked then after a particular level of payment is made is that construction been done to that extent is the development being 
a collective development or a specific development. For example, I go and buy an apartment. I am not buying that apartment just for that apartment. I am buying that apartment for all the things which come with it. There's a basement parking. There's a covered parking. I have a garden area for my kids to play. I have a swimming area. I have a gym. I have a common club. I have all of these facilities available to myself. There's the the area is secured, etc. Now, these are all the factors which I am looking at when I am buying a property. Now, if my developer develops the property and hands over the unit to me the way I wanted it, it comes with all of those internal specifications, the best of interiors done, everything. But this external development is not done. I am not satisfied as a consumer. So, from that perspective, till that time, my agreement does not clearly provide as to how is it that I can go back to my developer to make sure that those rights are enforceable. Those cannot be enforced, which is why it is very important that you you write your agreement well, and in terms of from from an individual's perspective, do not consider an agreement as a technical document which you cannot understand. The best way to understand law is to apply common sense. At the end of the day, if you and me we want to do business together, put down every single thing which you want to do. what you want me to do what i want you to do exchange of consideration delivery terms what what needs to be provided when it needs to be provided if there's a delay what needs to be done just put all of these things together once you have everything which you think it's there then approach an expert and ask that expert that put it in a legal form to make sure all of my concerns are addressed in that document and that is how you would be satisfied that what you need is what is recorded in the agreement and title diligence includes going through the property documents which are maintained with the sub registrar now if you look at how the entire land documentation is done it is done based on various states each state has its own way of writing their land records similarly the land records are specific technical documents which are prepared by people who have that expertise in that area a patwari or a tehsildar is someone who would write that land a usually a revenue record is called a jamabandi which would record the fact that a let's say inherited the property a son of b has this much portion of land and then when you sell that land it is recorded in the form of a mutation and in case there is a division that division is recorded in case someone dies and there is a will that will is recorded in that uh, in that land document so if you look at title diligence you need someone to look at the sub registrar office and pull out all of these documents to understand how the title has flown secondly the the registrar helps you ascertain whether there is any mortgage on the land or not the strict no no for any real estate transaction is do not buy a property if there is an existing charge on that property provided you have been made aware of that existing charge and your sale consideration is being utilized to satisfy that charge basically you taking over someone else's loan is understandable 
but you need to make sure that there are no hidden charges or encumbrance created on the land. Now, revenue record is something which actually records this fact. There is a mortgage in two ways. There can be equitable mortgage or registered mortgage. Now, people, if you if you look at it, people would say, oh, I can see the original sale deed of the previous, of my seller, which means if he has the original documents, then that means the title is clear. It may not be the case. He could have gone to the sub-register office, got a registered mortgage done, and then there would be an entry in the sub-register's office confirming the fact that the seller has actually taken a loan against a registered mortgage, which is recorded there. Now, if basis that original sale deed, I go ahead and I purchase the property, I become the owner of the property, and but I, when I go to the sub-register office to actually get it registered in my name, it will come out that there is an existing mortgage which now becomes my liability to discharge. So, which is why it becomes extremely important to do this title search, look at the revenue records, look at the government records to see how the title has flown from one person to another. Then, title diligence also includes, has the property tax been paid? If you are buying an apartment in a society, are there any outstanding common area maintenance charges? Their parking charges, their electricity charges, their water charges, have these been paid, not paid, discharged? Is there, a is, is there a situation where the connection has been cancelled because of non-payment? So, if the connection has been cancelled because of non-payment, you will have to go through a much more tedious process to reinstate that connection. Then that it also sort of earmarks that property in the records of the relevant regulator that the occupant of this property did not pay our charges previously. So, it is, it's a red flag which you need to make sure. Then, when you when you talk about diligence, title diligence, other than title diligence, the diligence also includes, have you seen the locality of the, where the property is situated? For example, some people who may believe in Vastu, they may want to make sure that the property is located as the entry of a, in a particular manner. Let's say there, there could be a cremation ground near the property. Someone's parent may disagree to the child buying that property. So, there are various factors. There are emotional reasons. There are psychological reasons. There's a feel-good factor. Oh, I entered the property, but I did not get the feel of buying it. So, these are things which are part of the diligence. I don't want to, just because the property comes with a clean title, but I don't get the feel-good factor of coming back home. The house does not give me that feel. I should not be buying that property. There should not be a FOMO, as people say, Oh, everyone is buying a property, so let me also buy the property before the property goes out. So, that is something which needs to be kept in mind and that is what is a complete diligence. Thank you, Ashish. What you've shared is pure gold and extremely insightful. There are numerous nuances that one must take care of before buying that house. And to make your life easier, it is advisable to get expert help. Qualified financial advisors at One Finance is a safe go-to option. Now. As I wrap up the episode, let me share my perspective on successful real estate investing. Begin by evaluating your overall balance sheet before allocating a substantial portion of your net worth to real estate. Create a financial plan that carefully examines the optimal mix of assets on your balance sheet, categorizing them into safety assets such as cash and your personal residence, market assets including stocks and bonds, and moonshot assets encompassing private equity, cryptocurrencies, and real estate investment. Pinpoint your real estate goals and comparative advantages by clearly defining your objectives, developing investment thesis for each property, 
and focusing on specific strategies rather than diversifying across various real estate investments. It is crucial to gauge your personal suitability for real estate investing, recognizing that success requires time, knowledge, and a careful alignment of your preferences with the execution of your financial plan. Start small and gradually increase investments to assess your tolerance and aptitude for real estate management. Understand the trade-offs between real estate and liquid investments. Considering factors such as an illiquidity premium, reduced diversification ability, and the introduction of risk through leverage. A long-term time horizon is recommended to mitigate real estate risks, avoiding emotional selling during market pullbacks and taking advantages of favorable tax rates for long-term holdings. Rigorously model future returns by developing a robust financial model that considers factors like rental increases, vacancy, repairs, and capital projects. Take advantage of tax savings during the purchase and management of real estate which requires a keen understanding of various tax benefits. And finally, prioritize risk management, which requires a comprehensive strategy for probable and long-tail risks unique to real estate, including legal protection measures and thorough due diligences. By following these steps, you can effectively integrate real estate investments into your broader financial planning endeavors. Let's take control of our financial destinies with confidence and mindfulness. If you found this valuable, then help us spread the message. And until next time, stay financially empowered. This is Temperament by One Finance, produced by Wine Studio. And I'm your host, Ashish Chavla. Investment in securities market are subject to market risks. Read all related documents carefully before investing. The securities quoted are for illustration only and are not recommendatory.